A reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the ninth verse. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I feel some circles of my life intersecting today. Because part of that net thing comes, the inspiration from that comes from the Reverend Alice Linder, who is in our presence. Alice, wave at the people. Alice has been worshiping with us for about three years now, I think. Is that about right? Something like that. Alice can't join our church because he's an elder like I am. Her church is the annual conference. And she comes here to be with us in her retirement and to love Christ and serve Christ with us. But my first encounter with Alice that I didn't realize till I was visiting with her after she had had her stroke, when suddenly I recognized this person that I had seen maybe 50 times before that moment, because we, she started talking about preaching. And I remembered that she substituted for the Reverend Christians, Kristen Richardson Frick, who comes here sometimes and substitutes for me while Kristen was pregnant in the church that I was last a member of. That confusing enough? Everybody with me? One of the first sermons she preached was on this text in our church. And Alice came in wearing her fishing hat with little flies in it and a fishing pole. And I remember thinking, hey, I might like this one. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Because it reframed the question of being fishermen of people to to me. And so how am I fishing for people? Because I know how I like to fish for fish. And it made it personal. It made it personal. And I've valued that ever since. And and she talked about the distinction of how they fished and how Jesus causes us, calls us, and causes us to fish for people differently because we're, we're more like a net that Christ is throwing over the world. 
than little artificial lures thrown out to trick something into biting. And then the thought that Jesus would just call ordinary people comes to mind, doesn't it? I mean, if you're coming to bring in the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom, if you're coming to be king of kings, don't you need to assemble some presidents, some secretaries of state, some important people, some generals? Why are you down at the backwater lake getting backwater people? I mean, surely when people start campaigns these days, they start looking for somebody that will give them instant credibility, right? You know, when a person gets close to almost being nominated, they start to talk about their vice president picks, right? They start to leak those because they want to get people excited about them because we're hopeful that even if we're left with a choice we can't live with for president, that we might get a vice president we'll like. And so they pick a person that brings more credibility to the campaign, right? But not Jesus. Jesus just went out and got ordinary people. And I hesitate to say ordinary people like us because some of y'all are pretty extraordinary, right? No? (laughs) It's kind of the point. People just like us. But he chose fishermen. And, you know, I don't know how it is now, but, I mean, fishermen are kind of the greatest, biggest, gigantic block of liars on the face of the earth. Every time somebody tells me I caught a bunch of fish, I want to say, where's the pictures? Right? I caught a seven-pounder. I have a friend that I fish with in Ohio. One day I'm going to hand him a scale when we get to the lake and say, I know this one works. (laughs) I've seen his seven-pounder. But there's a, a funny joke about that, a story that happened out at the Allison Creek access area, just a couple miles up Highway 274 from where we're sitting. It seems that this guy came up walking from the fishing access area there. People sit out there at night and fish, and he had a couple buckets full of fish in his hands. And a game warden had come to drive through and just check and make sure nobody was doing anything illegal there. And he saw the man walking up the hill carrying his two buckets of fish with the tails hanging out of the buckets. So he knew it was fish. So he walked up to the man and said, hey, do you, do you have a fishing license? Do you have a license to catch those fish? And the man replied to the game warden, no, sir. No, sir. These are my pet fish. <laughs> pet fish, the warden replied. Yes, sir. Every night I take these fish down to the lake and let them swim around for a while, and then I whistle, and they jump back into the buckets, and I take them home. That's a lie, the warden said. Fish can't do that. The man looked at the game warden for a moment and said, Here, I'll show you. Let's walk down to the lake. It really works. So the man and the warden walked down to the lake. The game warden said, Well, I guess i got to see this. Man pours the fish into the lake, sets the buckets down on the boat landing, and starts waiting. And after about 20 minutes, the game warden said to the guy, said, well, well? And the man said, well, what? The game warden said, when are you going to call your fish back? Huh? Yeah, when are you going to call your fish back? The man said, what fish? We laugh at that because it's funny because we know that there's truth in those kind of stories, right? People embellish things and they make things better and we tend to have this habit of making ourselves out to be more than we really are. All the time we do that. If we get a chance, we do that. Don't believe me, get a Facebook account. If my life were as good as it is on Facebook, I'd be doing right, man. 
That's how it is. Our projection of self is always better, always better than the inward reality, what we really know about ourselves. But we still carry around that other part of ourselves that wishes people didn't know it existed, that maybe somebody might see through us. We're terrified of that. That somebody might see through and past all the goodness we project and see the ugly part of us or the part that we hide. And we walk around paralyzed by that, always on our best behavior in some crowds, doing this, doing that, projecting this, projecting that, taking selfies with the camera up here so we don't have a double chin. Right? Y'all don't take selfies? Y'all lying now. Or somebody snaps the Polaroid, we put it under our armpit and look to see if, it look, if we look good in it before we put it in the photo album. How's that? Some of y'all don't have cell phones and Facebook. But you know what Polaroids are, and you remember doing that. And we don't put the picture where we got the double chin, where we look bad, where nothing seems right. We don't put that picture in our photo album, right? We want that to project the best of us. And that's a habit we get into because we forget that God doesn't care. God calls flawed people. Jesus didn't show up looking for the best and the brightest to turn into his big giant cast net. He didn't show up looking for priests and prophets and kings. He showed up and got fishermen and tax collectors who are just as popular today as they were back then. What does that say for us ordinary people? We're quick to throw up, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't. I can't do what God calls me to do. I can't be what God might want me to be. I'm not good enough. I'm not bright enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not cute enough. My teeth are crooked. Whatever excuse we can find, we will lift it up and say, I can't be that. For me, it was I can't leave my career. All sorts of excuses we might lift. But God calls us anyway to be something. And I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about your personhood, your whole self. God is calling the whole of you to be His person in the world. In whatever place God chooses to put you in whatever job you might be doing, you can be part. You can be one string in the gigantic cast net that our Lord is slinging across the universe to save it from itself. But we're quick to dismiss that and say, not me, I can't. Some of that must have been going on in John 15 because in that chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus looked at His disciples and said to them, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I hate doing show of hands stuff, but it seems appropriate. If you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just a believer in it, but a follower, would you lift your hand? No peer pressure. If you don't, it's okay. He called disciples, He called you. Last week, we talked about pondering our calling. Remembering that God used people in our lives to reach out to us and bring us to hear the gospel to be changed. 
And dear ones, he's calling you now to be that person for somebody else. That's why you're here. Not just to learn more about him, but to be his hands and feet in the world as St. Teresa has taught us. To be sent out. We're here to gather. We come in in an entrance. It's in your bulletin. A little bold heading that says entrance. We come in to proclaim. It's in your bulletin. We come in to respond and then we are sent out. And the whole purpose of this is not to come here and get fed, not come here and get something, but to sent out when we leave here renewed in our calling to serve Jesus in the world. To go out and be fishers of people. To be part of his big gigantic cast net that he is wielding as an expert fisherman. And the thing that gets in our way is if we say he can't call someone like me. If we say I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. We don't get to decide that because you're here, dear one, because He called you. And that is an inarguable truth. He called you. He called you. In the same way that He passed by and called Andrew and the others, He called you. Don't make the mistake of assuming He can't use you. That He can't transform you. He called you. That's good news. We see our Lord is building a kingdom made up of people like us. whom we all just admitted we're not extraordinary. Unless you want to change your vote. (laughs) He called us to be His kingdom, to be His people, to be His net. Don't dismiss that. I invite you today as we sing our final hymn, Only Trust Him, I invite you to claim that calling. Yes, Lord, you have called me. Yes, Lord, I am willing to trust you. Yes, Lord, I am willing to be your person, whatever that might mean. Claim it. And don't be afraid. His calling is sure and His grace is sufficient. Amen. Let us stand.